I'd like to thank KTMS 990 and Montecito Bank and Trust for making Scam Squad possible. I'm Patty Teal. And I'm Deputy District Attorney Vicki Johnson. Scam Squad is up next. Sound off. One, two. Sound off. Three, four. One, two, three, four. Scam Squad. Welcome to Scam Squad. I'm Patty Teal here with Deputy District Attorney Vicki Johnson, who always warns us about the latest scams so that we don't fall for them. Hi, Vicki. Hi, Patty. I'm going to talk about something a little bit different today. question that we often ask ourselves, or at least I ask, is who are these dastardly people who turn us into victims by running nefarious scams? I know. So often they just seem like such terrible people without a conscience. What causes them to create so much havoc in people's lives without feeling badly about it? That's why I want to share a very interesting article I got from a newspaper in Kingston, Jamaica, called The Gleaner. Now, we know that Kingston, Jamaica is sort of the capital of lottery scams. And they did an interview with a woman who they called Candace, who got caught up in the lottery scam in Jamaica. Right. You have mentioned that this is a big moneymaker in Jamaica. Yes, as it turns out, it's a big part of their economy, and it's often run by gangs. So here's Candace's story. This started out when she was just a senior in high school. Oh, so young. I just don't think of scammers as being high school students. I know. And she talks about her life of poverty, living in a one-bedroom structure in a sugar-dependent community. She was introduced to the game by her brother. She saw his life change overnight from living in their little house, their little one-bedroom house, to him owning his own home in a gated community. Well, I can see how that would be a huge incentive, a way out of poverty to a better life. That's right. And, And here's what she said, and I'll quote the article. I left school because while it could prepare me for the future, I needed a way out now. My now situation was hunger, discrimination, and the many distractions that come from living in the garrison. And I think the garrison in Jamaica means the ghetto. Wow, that is a powerful incentive. So apparently she netted $90,000, $90,000 in the first three days of joining the illegal trade. And by the second week, she had collected nearly $500,000. And since that time, she has purchased her own home and has invested in several money-making ventures while managing to stay under the radar with the law. As I said, that's an incentive. And you can see how somebody could be tempted to get into this type of activity. That's right. And she admitted that most of her victims were elderly and that this scam mainly targets the elderly, or those with disposable income, especially the ones living in the United States. So Vicki, would you be so kind as to remind us how this scam works again? Of course. You might get a message or a letter or a phone call telling you that either you have won the lottery or that you are a finalist to win the grand prize, which is always huge, millions. So all you have to do is pay the taxes ahead of time. But one fee leads to another, and after a while, you just go down this rabbit hole where you're sending thousands of dollars to these scammers on the hope that you will eventually get that big prize. 
Yeah, Vicki, you have told us before how addictive this scam can be. I guess gambling is just very addictive and how very often the scammer becomes the victim's best friend, or at least they think they are. Absolutely. The scammer will call the person on a daily basis. They'll engage them in all kinds of conversation. They'll get involved in their personal life. But all the while, they'll increase the pressure on the victim to send more money in the hope that they'll be given the grand prize until all of the victim's money is gone. Now, here's what this scammer, Candace, says in the article, and I will quote, most of the youths that get involved in this scam chop the line. That means make phone calls. It is the way of life for my community, but they waste their time showing off. My focus was about making my life and that of my family better. She likens her struggle to walking away from an illicit trade as an ex-convict would trying to reintegrate into society. But here's what she said. There comes a time when it changes you. There is a darkness inside. And no matter how much you get, there is still an emptiness. Not even the money makes you happy. It's like you're sentenced to life imprisonment because the more you get, the more you want. And if you don't stop, you can end up dead or in prison, but still you continue. Well, I feel sorry for the scammer now too, Vicki, because you can see how at a young age, she got involved in this and was never truly happy, even though she made all that money. She had a conscience about it. She was over a decade running these scams until she decided that she really wanted to stop. She did finally stop. Well, she wanted to. The article is not clear whether or not she actually did. And here's the problem. First of all, she's making a tremendous amount of money. So how do you stop doing that? She's built up a certain lifestyle. Her family depends on her. But also, these scams are run by criminal gangs who demand a percentage of the money that each scammer earns. If you don't pay, you're killed. So they don't fool around. So you have to keep delivering the goods. And apparently the murder rate in this area is extremely high. And the police say that 80% of the murders and shootings are related to the lottery scams. My goodness, I am shocked by this news. I had no idea. How did the scammers keep coming up with the lists of people to call? Well, the police say that these lists often come from call centers, which are also operating in Jamaica. So if you have a friend or a relative or a girlfriend who's working in one of these call centers, you ask them to bring you lists. And of course, you can pay for these lists. And sometimes the price that you pay is very high. So people delivering the lists are also making money. And apparently the call centers know about this, but no matter how many precautions they take, like, for example, not letting anyone carry anything in their pockets or putting anything out on their desks, the lists somehow keep getting out because the money is just so good. Hmm. You know, Vicki, I was in Jamaica years ago, and I felt very unsafe there. It was just a cruise ship that stopped for a while, but they had people in uniform that were scary. You know, I don't know whether that was their police, but I remember very clearly them like glaring at us and tapping their batons in their hands. So that makes me wonder, are the police in on this too? Or are they doing something about these scams? Well, sometimes they are getting paid off. And there's another problem. Unlike other crimes in a neighborhood like this, who will cooperate with the police, many neighborhoods see the lottery scam as the answer to their very harsh economic situation, and they encourage it because it's a way to get out of poverty. 
There are special anti-gang task forces and anti-lottery scamming units, but the penalties are not enough to discourage this behavior. And law enforcement in the United States does work with some of these folks to put together these task forces. They don't have the support of the county's legislature. The laws just aren't strong enough. So if somebody gets arrested, they can pay to have a very good lawyer defend them. They might get a $50,000 fine, which is nothing to them. And they're back on the street in short order doing the same thing again. And here's the final quote that I'm going to read you from this article, which is very shocking. Candace is telling us we have police, teachers, politicians, and even doctors who are scamming. The current law was hastily established, but it is just another basket given to carry water. So there is very little that the police can do about lotto scamming. This was such an interesting topic that you brought up. I had no idea. And so I understand a little better why it's so hard to stop. It's actually a way of life for these people and they grow up and it's their way out of poverty. No wonder it is so very difficult. Absolutely. And it just gives you a little bit of an understanding how people get started in this business, why they get started, and how it's so difficult for them to get out because it is their ticket out of poverty. Fascinating, Vicki, and very sad, but it really gives a bigger understanding of what's going on, helps us to get the big picture. So thank you so very much for sharing that. I thought it was interesting. Yeah. Fascinating. So I do have a little bit of good news. Here's the headline. This again is from the Department of Justice. And the headline is East Providence Man Sentenced for Laundering Proceeds of Email and Online Scams. And as we know, sometimes the only way to stop some of these scams from taking a foothold in our country is to just arrest the money launderers because it's very difficult to get to the other country and locate the scammers. But According to documents that were filed with the court, the victims were defrauded of $1,784,000 through romance scams, lottery frauds, which is what we've been talking about today, rental property frauds, which we've talked about, the Craigslist scams, and others like email compromise scams. So apparently this defendant moved more than $880,000 of that money to co-conspirators who were operating out of Nigeria, which, as we know, is a big hub for these scams. And he did that using various banking methods. And this is interesting, purchasing used vehicles that were shipped to Nigeria and resold. That's a new one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I thought it was interesting that even Nigeria is engaging in these lottery scams. It's not oh just- Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Vicki. This was a very interesting show today. Thanks for the information. Now, if someone is worried that they may have been scammed or want to question an email that they got to run it by you to see if you think it's a scam, how would they get a hold of you? My fraud hotline is area code 805-568-2442. And that's 805-568-2442. Thank you so much, Vicki. Thank you, Patty. Have a great week. Bye-bye. Bye.